Hey guys, welcome back to another edition of the D2 Alive. We really appreciate your company. And you know what else we really appreciate? When you like, share, and subscribe to our channel, youtube.com forward slash the D2 Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Jones, joined as always by four time national road champion Johnny Trevorrow. And Johnny, we don't like talking things up on this show. We don't like taking credit where it's not true, but we will this time. Michael Stora, <laughs> he's done it again. Jules Stapleton now of the Tour of Spain. He has. And it had to, <laughs> we have to take credit, job because we gave him so much confidence on the rest day, and so did Wendy Superfan when she said he is not a, a future superstar. He is one right now. And I think mentally he went into stage 10. All he was thinking about in his head the whole time was, geez, what support I got from that podcast. I can achieve anything. Is that a fair comment? <laughs> well, we we actually uh, last night I think we backed bling about one hundred and fifty percent. Anyway, you have to mention anyway. that. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, all right. I thought his stage seven win was super impressive, and mm. and last night's was just as impressive. It, it's just he's got a really good ability to read the race and know the time to go, and he mm. just he, he he just took it on. Yeah, fantastic. Mm. Well, one of the big talking points in the free ranges comes straight out with it. It's Primos R, as there is no logic. <laughs> that was the big talking point. What the hell was going on there, Johnny? And, you know, why should we give our opinion? Why not talk to someone that knows cycling uh, in and out? And he's got a fantastic uh, YouTube channel, and that is, of course, the Lanton Rouge. Uh, we caught up with him earlier today to dissect what the hell was going on on stage number 10. Here's the chat from earlier today. Now we're joined again by Patrick from the Lanton Rouge podcast. Uh, mate, how have you found the Vuelta so far? Uh, like a bit of a slow start because I guess Roglic and the favourites, even on the first mountaintop finish, not interested in taking taking the jersey or pacing. So we've seen a lot of... 14 minutes behind the breakaway and I thought we were going to see that yesterday as well or we did see that yesterday as well when the Yumbo Visma didn't pace break big breakaway was going to win which I mean it was good for us Australians uh with Storer mm. again but um yeah and then it kind of blew up when I was almost going to turn it off and start my own podcast recording early because <laughs> I thought the GC group was just going to ride in but yeah have you guys found it from an Australian perspective it's going pretty well Oh, yeah, awesome. no, it's been great, hasn't mm. it? Yeah, I mean, uh, Michael, both Michael Storer's wins have been sensational. I, I've been, uh, I've been wrapped right from the start. I know all those days when the GCs didn't really excite us. There were great races going on from the breakaway, so I thought it was always something uh, exciting happening. But I was a bit um, uh, confused by uh, by Roglic's tactics yesterday. I wanted to get your opinion on this because. I'm loving your your the way you uh, analyse everything on your podcast. I love it. And I thought Roglic, to me, the only way he can lose this race is either crash out or blow up in the final week, just crack in the final week, you know. And I thought yesterday's stage, he sort of gave both scenarios an opportunity, you know. He really spent a lot of effort. He was never going to get a huge gain out of it because it wasn't a, only a small climb. Uh, and, uh, gee, pushed on the descent um, and, and finally laid it down. So I just wanted to get your uh, reaction to, to Rockwich's ride yesterday. I 100% agree with you. I think 
he's you're right like he looks like the best rider in this race and it's not that close and when you think about the final tt so you he's had all these crash issues particularly this year paranese stage eight crashed on a descent when he was in like he, he's almost sewn up the race it was, he just had to get through the last stage crashed like multiple times on a descent uh taking risks we didn't see it on tv and i and then the other thing is what you, you mentioned the third week cracking and that's happened before i think in this context of this race i think that's not something to be as concerned about you apart from the tt and the tour last year he dropped pagacha twice in the third week on the on climbs which people forget he dropped him on cold lows dropped him on glier and it's just the last tt he stuffed that and when we say he stuffed that last tt he still put 50 seconds into Enric Mas in maybe his worst TT he's ever done. So <laughs> when you look at his final TT, if you... Jumbo Vision, very smart team, very smart. They would have modelled their expected gain for Roglic on riders in the final TT. And my guess, the minimum would be a minute. And this guy that put a minute into Dumo and Dennis and Co and Ghana in a rolly course two three weeks ago at tokyo so on henrik mars minimum a minute one would think if you add that to his time here add to the fact that mars has never looked like dropping him why do you need to risk life and limb on a descent yesterday it makes no sense and then the second part is and so that's 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 my view that it's not necessary at all and jumbo visma's overall strategy has agreed with that the first week they've taken no risks with Roglic whatsoever in terms of pacing in terms of attacking too early and so it wasn't even the plan yesterday they admitted this was not discussed in the team bus as what we're going to do Roglic decided somewhere during the stage hey I'd like to do this and go on an adventure and the car was like sure I guess so it's not part of the overall plan because stage three and six, they didn't pace or attack. Stage seven, he didn't attack when Yates paced on an uphill finish. And so yeah. when he's saying no risk, no glory, if you don't know, if you don't try, you don't know. If you don't risk, you won't gain time. It's like, well, that's right. But there was safer opportunities for you to try in the first exactly. week. And you didn't. Yeah, so uh, long exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He just does like a wild Brumby. You can't tame it. <laughs> no. Let it run. But I've got a conspiracy theory I'm going to throw at you, Patrick. Oh, yeah. well, here we go. <laughs> well, I've noticed it again yesterday, but nearly every day at the finish, Enric Mass gives like a – it's like a teammate giving a thumbs up, a little tap <laughs> to Primoz Roglic. He does it every day. Yeah, now, a fist bump. A fist bump. Have they got a little deal going on? I just wonder. I don't know. It, it reminds me a bit of Jonas and Pogaccio, right? They seem to be in cahoots at the tour where Pogaccio is like, come on, man, you're not beating me, but don't make my life annoying. And I'll also, I won't attack you. I'll, I'll pace with you a bit as well. And I'll maybe chase Carapaz for you to protect your second. Maybe it's that, or maybe Enric's just being buddy-buddy um, as well. Who knows? It probably is, but I just like to bring up a conspiracy <laughs> theory. I'm doing a Dan Jones. <laughs> when do I talk about conspiracy theories? Oh, I you love fact. You, no, I talk right. to fact, John. <laughs> hey, I want – you're a straight shooter, Lantern Rouge. You call it as you see it. That's why we like you. And obviously, we've got Bike Exchange beer goggles. We, we're pretty biased. How are they going to win a stage of this year's Vuelta? And do you think they can with Bling? Yeah, I think so. I think Schultz in the break yesterday was good. He just 
Storer attacked first, and then we saw Schultz having the... Schultz was probably second strongest on that climb, and he was chasing a lot because we see this a lot where the two guys who are going for the red jersey almost count themselves out of the stage despite being strong strong climbers like Odd Christian Eichen and Guillaume Martin, and he wasn't getting much help out of them. So that cost Schultz. Um, I'd like to see... I don't know. I also thought Matthews would suit yesterday as well, but when a big break goes, it's better to have guys in it. The problem is EF have got Magnus Court, who's similar rider, I guess, to Matthews. They've been getting him in breaks rather than pacing all day to chase him back, you know, to set up playing for Matthews, the best example of that stage six. I don't know. I think today's a good break opportunity. I'd love to see Rob Stannard in moves. He's fast. No, he hasn't won a big race yet, but he's um, he's punchy, he's fast, he can get over these climbs. I think Stannard in this move, in, in the break today with Schultz, is a really, really good opportunity. Um, what, what about Damien Housen? Um, he needs a bit longer, doesn't he? He won that Tour de Hungary stage. Mm. Uh, I think he'd be better on in the break in stage 14 if... Yumbo Visma don't particularly want to pace. I think how he, he was there yesterday, but he didn't really look uh, strong in the in the finale, did he? He, he was uh, whacking turns in for, for for the stage, but he didn't he didn't seem to have it when the pressure was on. Did he mm. win on Falls Creek in Sun Tour, like twenty start of twenty twenty? He did. Yeah, yeah. Going back a while 14. now. <laughs> stage fourteens look similar to Falls Creek. Yeah. All right, there you go. Look out for Diesel. Of the demon on stage fourteen, uh, getting he... that white on. Ask whenever you get him on. Ask him if he if he had a good TT, strong GC rider already in the lead. Would he have let him do that, or would he have given him a roasting? Mm. Re Roglic. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You're a good question for Whitey. We should uh, we'll ask him that one because it's sure. different with Simon. Simon's a good descender. Or Adam when they had him, but they're not so good TT riders. So they're like they do need to chip away, gain more time on the road. I think that yeah, they're, they're different. So it depends on the rider you have. So I'm going back to the Roglic thing. Just no, 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 it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was really impressed with uh, Michael Storer. Like both back and chain the stage seven, his win, but even more so with this one. And he just seems to think it out so well. He just knows the right time he needs to go, and and, and doesn't mess around. You know, very impressed. Yeah, and I'm just surprised he got let go by DSM. Maybe FDJ gave him a Godfather offer after he won Tour de Land because. Thibaut Pinot won that race in 2017, mm. 2019. So, yeah. I don't know. But, yeah, he's probably, I said on the video yesterday, he's probably getting underpaid now. Mm. <laughs> he's won two, in dominant fashion, two uh, Grand Tour stage wins from the break. He's a hard rider to profile. I think he's, it reminds me a lot of Leonard Kamner, the German for Bora, same age, not like looking like a, you know, a Grand Tour GC contender could become that way or one week races for sure but just really good at stage hunting in grand tours so yeah fdj is i'm interested what their plans are for him i guess he they've had success with david godu attacking out of breaks too him and store in breaks would be lethal ah fantastic insights from the lanton rouge uh here's part two of our chat earlier today what do you make of Ineos's tactics in the race so far i think I can't criticise them yesterday. They just literally got dropped. Like, they're just 
on the climb, I think they'll bluff pacing with Carapaz. I think Carapaz, he'd been trying to get in the break earlier. I think it's a it's a bit weird to me that they've given Carapaz a free reign even yesterday to burn his legs trying to get in the break when they have no one to pace back on the climb and Bernal's having to do it himself. I think that's pretty strange. It would make more sense to have Carapaz trying to help more with fresher legs. On stage nine, I think they cost Adam Yates with the strategy they had. Uh, I'm yeah. still not convinced that he wouldn't have been able to stay with Rolich and Mars. If you say, Adam, I want you to just follow moves, follow moves, and in the last three Ks, big attack then, try and gain 15 to 25 seconds back on some guys, and just I think he wouldn't have been dropped. But they attacked really early, and it didn't, yeah, it didn't work out for them. Um, but otherwise, it's... Tactics aside, they're just looking not great. (laughs) It's funny. I've noticed uh, Bernal the last couple of days before yesterday that he he didn't look uh, as good. Yates has looked really strong. And uh, so it surprised me that Yates lost time uh, yesterday. Uh, Bernal didn't surprise me at all. But I thought Yates would have no trouble being up with Roglic uh, uh, and those crew. And they lost 30 seconds. So that was... To me, uh, I can't see Ineos really coming back uh, from this for, as far as uh, GC is concerned. Yeah, yesterday was really, I agree, it was weird. You know, Adam Yates on that sort of climb, it would, it'd been an easy stage beforehand and he just gets hard dropped on that climb. And you think think back to Tour de France, like on those short climbs when he took the yellow jersey last year on, um, was it that short climb on stage two, when he attacked with was with Alaphilippe and Hirschi, so he's he's normally a pretty punchy guy like that, and yeah, I was surprised. Bernal agree, he's looking he's looking terrible, and he, I even heard that maybe Roglic move was because he saw Bernal not looking good. I heard from people in the in the group afterwards cool. that based on the climb, Bernal was not looking good. So okay. maybe yeah, yeah. I, I I think when you look at how Yates, you're like, oh, his legs have been good in the first week. 100% they have been. And then you're like, how is he on two minutes 20? Where's where's all that time loss come from? Yeah. It's just been little things accumulated over the week that's yeah. put him in a really bad position. Yeah. Um, what about Jack Haig? He's obviously looking stronger and stronger. Um, where do you think he's going to end up at the end of this race? Probably, I th- I'm hoping third. I'm hoping one of the two Movistar guys... Capitulates, or they attack each other, or maybe one of them's a really good teammate, and they pulled. Uh, it'll be Lopez, I think. I think Mars is not going. Mars is not going to sacrifice his race for Lopez. Hundred percent, that will not happen. Um, <laughs> Lopez has been pulling for Mars a fair bit, so maybe Lopez drops out. Maybe Lopez is only ahead of Jack by like twenty-five seconds in the final TT, yeah. and I mean he lost six minutes, Lopez. Remember, to, and Richie Port took the podium off him in the tour the final TT last year. He can have good TTs, but yeah, maybe yeah, maybe losing the TT. So Jack's this week really suits him because like fourteen k six percent on stage fourteen. As I said, you know Damien House and I mentioned Jack's a tall taller guy. He's not like fifty five kilos. I think those sort of climbs suit him too, rather than like the uh, really really steep ones. Um, so yeah, I think Jack should try and take some more time this week, even if if he can. Mm. I'm sure the sheriff yeah. will take any opportunity. Can get. <laughs> we, we had a good 
Good chat with uh, uh, the sheriff of the grueling, Neil Stevens, the other day. And, and they've been quite impressive, uh, uh, Bahrain, uh, victorious. And he said the other Bahrain Marina. Uh, but uh, I agree with you. I think Jack Haig uh, can get the podium. And I reckon uh, third is looking very, very uh, strong for him. Uh, I reckon exactly that. He can take, he'll take more than a minute uh, uh, out of Lopez in the... Uh, in the final time trial, if it gets to that. But, gee, there's a lot of racing to go before mm. we get to that final time trial. Got some mm. great stages coming up. Mm. Looking forward sure. to it. There's like a 14K, 10% climb somewhere that I've forgotten about. Yeah, mountaintop finish in the third week, I think, which is just, you know, yeah. you worry Lopez on his day can go crazy on, on those climbs. Um, so, yeah. But there's no high altitude either. So I think Jack's been really sensible in his pacing. On the other day when Yates, as I said, was attacking early, early, early on stage nine, Jack was being brought steady by Gino Maida back. He said, he, I think, he's on another pod and he said, I, you know, um, I think he's on Stanley Street. And he's like, yeah, I, I had Gino pace me back. If you go too early on that climb, you can suffer because he did it in the previous Vuelta. So, yeah, he's been riding smart and, um, yeah, we'll see how he goes. I think Ineos... He's been focusing on putting time into Ineos, so I don't really see them coming back. So it's looking good for him. Mm. Well, it's going to be fascinating uh, remaining second half of the Tour of Spain, mate. Uh, keep up the fantastic work on the Lanton Rouge. And I'm sure anyone watching this is already watching your stuff daily in the mornings, but it's fantastic stuff, mate. Great insights. And it actually helps me a lot because I don't even have to watch the stages. Just get up, watch your summary. Don't miss a thing, mate. It's been fantastic. And as Dan always says, you know, he always uh, verifies it. Say, you, you know, I actually don't ride a bike. Uh, but Dan doesn't have to explain that to anyone. But if only got to look at him, the people will know that. But anyway, that's that's fine. <laughs> Jeez, where's the sound effects? <laughs> maybe get, I'll start get, throwing in like red. Out. I'll throw in red herrings, like for, you know, false information, and then you can repeat. That. <laughs> <laughs> yes, don't start doing that, mate. You'll, you'll be able to join some big dots. Uh, good uh, stuff, mate. But yeah, no, we appreciate you being on the detour, mate, and uh, we'll catch up again soon. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, on, Patrick. Thanks, mate. Cheers, Bye. mate. Scratty insights there from the Lanton Rouge. What what impresses me the most is there's three things I really struggle with in cycling, John. That is cyclist names. And, uh, Only three. Races and uh, places. Names, races, and places. So I don't really have a lot to offer when it comes to really good analysis. Um, and he's a freak. Like he's a bit like Matty Keenan. Can remember, you know, results. Who was doing what at that time. You're a bit the same, aren't you, John? You, you struggle to sort of process information at times. I struggle with everything, mate. I've got you to guide me through. I'm just lucky. Yeah. Well, we've got <laughs> Vaughan McVilly from Apex uh, Custom uh, Cycling Gear. Uh, he's going to come on and he's got some news around the uh, detour kit. I've just got to load in a video that he sent through as well. But before we bring him in, let's have a quick word from our great mates at Bike Exchange and the Amy Gillett Foundation. Look at this bike. You think it's just a bike, right? But it's not. <clears throat> it's a bike. 374 people are looking at. This guy, this girl, them, all looking at it. People from here, there, and wherever this is. People that are looking for a bike. Or just a piece of it. Amateurs, semi-amateurs, and pro-amateurs. This guy wants this bike, but with this crank and these bars, this could be the perfect match. 
You probably love this one. This girl has a bike to sell, and thousands of people might purchase it. Eyes on Bikes help grow small businesses. His, hers, yours, and the latest data and insights help those businesses keep moving. We are the world's number one bike marketplace with over 500,000 products and 900 brands where buyers and sellers are brought together in a place where a bike is never just a bike. Bike Exchange, where the world buys, sells, learns and rides. Life is like a two-way street. It's about consideration and mutual respect. Roads are much the same. However you get around, walk, ride or drive, if we share our roads, we can all be safer. The Amy Gillett Foundation is Australia's peak cycling safety charity. Our mission is for safe cycling in Australia. Our vision is for zero cyclist deaths. Over the last year, we've seen an enormous increase in people taking up cycling, whether it be for recreation, with the family, commuting, or even to start your own cycling career. We need to do more to make it safer for every cyclist. 20 cyclists every day are hospitalised and one cyclist is killed every 10 days on Australian roads. So, the next time you jump on your bike or hop in your car, remember to practice the four C's. Be courteous, calm, considerate and conscientious. Every cyclist's death is preventable and we all deserve to get home safely. Please donate to help the Amy Gillick Foundation make the road safer for you and for me. Thanks again to Bike Exchange and some great messages there from the Amy Gillick Foundation. Now, John, you did criticise me on yesterday's episode, which, which you know, that's nothing uh, uncommon. You know, Wendy Superfans called out, geez, John, you're picking on Dan this week. Yeah, you're dead right, Wendy. Um, there could be some sort of breach of... Uh, workplace practices going on, but we soldier on. And one of the criticisms was I did not connect enough with the fans, so we appreciate all your comments, uh, and uh, I'll start reading out a lot more of them, okay? So David says, having the Lantern Rouge on is great. Uh, Caroline obviously talking about Stora. That boy is good, very good. Annette Miller says, downhill crashes are becoming an issue. 2019 Giro Stage 15, Dolphin A 2020, Paris Nice 2021 and 2021, the Welter Stage 10, talking obviously about Primoz Roglic. Uh, and Free Ranger says, are downhill stages finishes pressuring riders to take unnecessary risks, John? Well, they probably do, but they've always been a part of uh, uh, of Grand Tour racing, so they're, they're not going to cut them out. Um, yeah, they're exciting. It's it, it probably more risky when there are a real GC stage, like big mountains, and then that final downhill uh, where riders are trying to keep the brake and that sort of thing. Mm. Yesterday's stage, not quite so much. But it was it was a strange one from uh, uh, from Primoz yesterday. But anyway. All right. Well, we've got uh, Vaughan McVilly. He is chewing at the bit. He sent a message. He's going, let me in. And here he is now. <laughs> Oh, boys. Custom clothing. <laughs> How are we, lads? I'm in here. I'm right in here. I'm going to cause controversy. Rog- Roglic just can't go downhill. He proved that at the time trial uh, at the Olympics. He's a shit at going around corners. Like, don't, <laughs> you can't say downhills are going to be taken out of the bloody Tour de France. I reckon that he jumped for Hagen uh, and Superman Lopez. They should have just ripped him a new one after they caught him and just put him in the hurt bag all the way down that descent. Um, he's had more stacks going down. He just struggles going down the corners. 
I'm sorry. Warren, what have I said about having coffees <laughs> after 6pm, mate? Sorry. Double espressos. Sorry, You've come in red hot. He didn't look good. He didn't look good in that last uh, uh, after he fell off. But uh, Mass isn't much better. He he no. couldn't hold the wheel. You see him jumping on the phone, <laughs> telling Lopez to ease up. Uh, well, so that was. I reckon that was interesting. I wrote that down because I reckon Movistar had a little chat. You saw Jackie Hay get, get up alongside uh, Lopez, and they had a chat uh, after they caught Roglic. And I reckon. Jack just said, let's gun it. And Lopez said, my teammate can't, my teammate can't descend either, so we're just going to have to cruise down to the bottom. Mm. <laughs> uh, now, t- speaking of talking shite, Will Wizard, John is talking shite. You need friends in bike races. Better be a friend of Roglic than not. What do you have to say to that, John? The Will Wizard's got know. any sights. But when you run, when you're running second to a guy in the race, which he has been, and he still is the main challenger to Roglic, you don't. What are you doing? Fist bumping him at the stage finish all the time. It just—it's weird. It's bloody weird. Anyway, whatever. Isn't it a sign that they've already won if other people are showing you like respect like that? You've already got inside their head. Shouldn't you still yeah. have that sort of killer spirit? Like, yeah. you know, as much as obviously there's issues around Lance Armstrong, and we don't have to go there, but he—he he hated I people. I used to do the fist. The fist bump like that, a bit harder, <laughs> and more not on the back. It was sort of the throat area, a bit more like that. Exactly. Uh, the Will Wizard also says, "Glad to hear Lanton Rouge say maybe Roglic attack because he thought Bernal and Ineos were struggling, and if he didn't fall, he would have gained the time for a fifteen k effort." Yeah, he just yeah. needs to learn how to go downhill. <laughs> he, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't have gained much more, though. It was a lot of effort for... for he pro- yeah. Look, he was only 15 or 18 seconds in front uh, of uh, the, the other trio who were chasing him. When he I reckon it's the opposite, mate. I reckon it, I reckon it's uh, he was trying to get away on the uphill because he knew how bad he was on the down. All right, I'll get mm. off Roglic now. Sorry. <laughs> Troy, Troy Collett wants to know, Vaughan, uh, what are your thoughts on how Jay Vine has been going? Oh, look, I'm a huge fan of Jay's. Like, he's uh, had a really, really good season. Um, and uh, I think he's just going to get better and better and better. Um, I'd like to see him take a few more risks, but he probably hasn't had the chance to do so. What do you reckon, Johnny? Yeah, no, he's been impressive. He's been doing a lot of the hard work on the on the flat stages uh, when, when uh, uh, Philipson was, you know, getting up there for the stage finishes, it was uh, uh, Jay was doing a lot of the work, and when he has got in the, to a couple of breaks, he's been a, a bit of a workhorse. So it, it, the way he's looking, he's pretty strong. He might get in, um, get himself a chance if he can get himself in a break in one of these upcoming days. Is that your phone, John? Yeah, <laughs> come on, mate. De- how many times? It, it, it was Dennis. <laughs> don't take that call live, mate. Do not take that one live. Uh, Will Wizard also followed up with Mass and Lopez. Both said they trained on the descent and it was dangerous. Did it look dangerous on the on the TV? Settled. No, no, no one else crashed. Yeah, well, there you go. Explain that. That, that, yeah. that was Macca. Whitey just saying he can't come on, so we're getting the flick by everyone. Macca, Jeez. Whitey, they're all giving us the, the flick tonight. Oh, well, Vaughn's here, so look at the positives and move on. <laughs> worrying about things that we can't control, John. Hey, so where are we at, Vaughn? With, uh, obviously, we were going to have some custom-made kits or give people the opportunity to do it. Um, do you yep. want to explain what the situation is, where we're at, and how can people get involved? All right, so now you can actually go to our website, apexcustom.com 
forward slash the detour kit, I think it is. Um, I'll whack it up on the, the screen at some stage. And basically, you can download our templates. We've got two templates, which has got the Amy Gillett Foundation and the detour logos already in place where that they should be sort of on the jersey. And then it's over to you guys, the fans. You can go absolutely berserk. Um, I might, don't know if you got that little stinger uh, video that I sent through, uh, I but did, basically. Uh, I, yeah. couldn't, I couldn't upload it into the system. I'll have oh, to do that tomorrow. For tomorrow night or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, but basically you can you can use your get your kids involved. They can use crayons and textures and have a crack at it. If you're a super design fan, you've got InDesign and you've got some sort of software, you can use that and design up the craziest trip you like and then email it into us and uh, the boys will pick a winner. Um, and the winner of the best kit that the boys decide will get uh, a free set of kit and entry into the Amy Gillett Grand Fondo. Now, I think that website is apexcustomsaus.com forward slash detour kit comp. That's it. So if, if you get on there and have a look, uh, it's all set up for uh, you. Now, you've had, you've had a bit of a stab at it, Vaughn. Uh, if you'd like to get your thoughts, there's the uh, bibs. <laughs> oh, what? Uh, that, that's just uh, uh, Vaughn showing us the, um, the template. What it, how it all works. The template. Yeah, there's yeah. the logos and then go for it, you know. Yeah. We're not going to have a plain like, – we're not having white nicks. <laughs> Not with your, uh, not with your. No, we're not, going food. There. we're not going there. Spill food, there. I meant. Remember the days when you'd roll up to the bakery and you'd have your freshly pressed white shirt, and by the end of the day, you look like who was that character that they used to play? Um, not Dame Edna, the other one. The cultural attaché. Yeah. <laughs> what was his name? Sir Les. Sir Les. Sir Les Patterson. That was Actually, it. Uh, the sheriff's yeah. brother. Uh, uh, Neil Stevens' brother um, uh, Brian named me Celez uh, on the uh, to Tour de France. He caught me at the at the in the village in the morning, having a little bit food, with the food down there. And the next day, he reckons it's, he said that's the same shirt. You've got the same stains. I said no, well, my belly's in the same place, so you know, it was a little bit larger. So it's the same issue I have. So he says, yep. Yeah, Sir Les, the cultural attaché. So Skull reckons your name's John Pattinson. <laughs> Thank you, Skull. Um, now, yeah. David says, rip off the EF Giro kit. That looked great. It does look great. Mm. So they're it's already starting down. to think about different yeah. designs. And, geez, yeah. I, I don't mind, you know, sort of plagiarising and taking bits and pieces of great kits over the years. I mean, why not? Mm. Yep. Get that. Remember that muscle kit that uh, Mario Cipollini wore in that um, mm. that time trial all those years ago? Full <laughs> length, not, arm and legs. Like the, the leopard. skin had been ripped. Yeah, the leopard. Oh, like a bit of this action. This one. Bit of stuff that. Oh, That's yeah. it. Yeah. Bit of that action. <laughs> Why not? Hey, if you where where are we at with the silent auction uh, for the Miller Resorts? I had a good it's chat with that. Jason and. Vic at Miller Resorts last night in Grace Spirit. Yeah, it, it's still at uh, four and a half thousand dollars, four thousand five hundred. Uh, we haven't had an increase on that, mm -hmm. so uh, yeah, but we're plenty of time to go. I think it'll get up a bit higher than that, but uh, we haven't had uh, anyone. Have you, got, uh, have you got your script there? Have you got I your have. script there to get to get people going? Yeah, I have. Yeah. All right. Well, let's play the play the video. Clear your throat. Bring the music down, and go for it. Discover a tropical playground of powdered sugar sand, lush jungle, and crystalline waters. A Miller Maldives luxury resort reeks of timeless style and endless bliss. Stand by for unexpected treats and indulgences. 
delighting and surprising you is their hallmark. The Miller's motto is to exceed your expectations. The sky is the limit. Oh, fantastic. They're oh, really in form now with these. Uh, look out, Phil. <laughs> and if anyone wants to put a bid, uh, remember that you can email John at john at cyclingevents.com.au. And if you also want any of his commentary work, I'm sure you'll cut your deal, mates rates. Um, <laughs> charge him per word, iffy, a couple of bucks a word. Well, I, I, I was I was looking on their website, and it's it's it looks a fascinating. Uh, oh, it's island, unbelievable. Island. And um, it says leafy cycle tracks and secret beaches. Oh, how Oof. good is that? Oof. Very good. <laughs> um, well, let's have a look at the stage profile for stage 11, fellas. Um, what jumps out straight away, if he break away? Michael Matthews, Michael Matthews, yeah, mate, it's his stage. He's gonna do it. Trust me, well, it's a good stage for Michael. He's got to get in yeah. the break. If he gets in the break, I, tell, I was That's... impressed with uh, Nick Schultz uh, uh, yesterday, last night. He was in the break and he was very strong. Um, mm. Just uh, the way it panned out, he didn't, you know, he'd made a bit of a move and missed the one that uh, the crucial one, but he actually looked quite good uh, yesterday. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Nick have another bash uh, at the end of the day. What I love about this one 133.6 Ks, short yeah. stage. Fantastic. I love short the short stages. stages. Short yep. and sweet. Shorten them up. The, Shorten them up. The, the, the Vinnie Lime is nasty, though. It's got, like, banks of uh, ramps of 30-plus percent. It doesn't look that steep, but that last little pinch there after the Cat 2, um, yeah, there's, like, little pinches of 30%. So um, it's actually going to be another ripping stage. Um, yeah, I, I, it's probably going to be definitely for the breakaway, but I like, you know, I, I'm I'm with Ify, like Bling, if he can either get it in the breakaway. He's, it's his sort of stage, like get over the cat two and a little punchy sort of finish. Uh, it's going to be really exciting. And as you said, Dan, it's only 130 Ks. You might, might be able to stay up for one of these. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but no, sure. they just, they still finish at the same time. They just start yeah. a fraction later. That's, That's how it goes. Yeah. Um, just an hour later. Mm. Obviously, We've talked a bit about uh, Michael Stora. Um, it's one of those things where you look at the dollars of it, and Lanton Rouge made a good point. Like he would have, in theory, now winning two stages if he, if you had a renegotiation. Obviously, you can't take risk. You've already signed a deal. But what, in terms of finances, do you think if he had have done a deal after winning two stages, what sort of difference could that be in, in a guy like that's contract at his age? Another zero. <laughs> well, it, throw, throw, throw it out there. Give give people an insight into what you think. If you were managing the team, what you've probably paid for him and what he could have been worth if he did a contract after those wins. Well, he, they, he signed up after the Tour, uh, the tour de Lain, which he mm -hmm. won. So I think they're pretty impressed. So I, I reckon he was probably only on, you know, around you know, about 300000 Type of contract. I don't know. I'm guessing yeah, it would have right. been up. Would have been up to over five hundred to six hundred thousand, and maybe even more uh, for, for next year. So, uh, but with that couple of wins, you know, be up uh, close to the uh, to the million euro. Yeah, we got a million euro on the back of that. Yeah, yeah. That's what they, that's what the guys who are capable of doing that. I mean, got I me mean, they're impressive wins. You look at that break yesterday. The thirty-one riders in there, and some real. Uh, class in there, uh, and and just put them away like that. Put them to the sword mm. and right away. That, that's impressive stuff. 
He was super smart, wasn't he? Like, he's riding with obviously a lot more confidence, I think. Um, and you know, he said something actually in his like in his in back in the hotel room, like on the team page, which I found really interesting, especially after last night listening to you lads talking to CJ. He said, I, I wrote on how I felt. And I looked mm. around and I was looking at, looking at everybody, how everybody else was feeling. Um, and it was sort of, it wasn't a snub to technology, but he sort of made it a point of saying, I was just seeing how I was feeling. He wasn't looking at his numbers. He wasn't looking at, you know, that sort of thing. It was like how I felt. And the way that he crossed that break after Elisson went away um, was just, he was just so impressive. And uh, Chapasson was really like that that point where he did go across and Chapasson was trying to hold his wheel. And it was like two completely different riders. You just had, you know, Stora just tapping away quite a high cadence, just like up the hill. And you just saw Chapasson off the seat and like sweat and spit and stuff yeah. coming out of his face as he's trying to hold the wheel and he just rode away so beautifully it was so impressive i was on the edge of the seat it was unreal i was um, talking to sorry. dave sanders i was gonna say dave sanders gave you some insights on michael yeah yeah so i thought of dave sanders uh, uh earlier this morning and dave took him away to the well because i knew dave had been his DS uh, at a few events, including the Sun Tour, which he rode really well, the one Damien Housen won. And uh, he said, yeah, well, I actually took him away to the World Championships before that, to the Junior Worlds. And um, he said, uh, and I realised he had a big motor, but that he just needed to focus. So I just said to him, you know what, forget about the road race, you'll be right, but I want you to focus on the time trial. So he did. And he went third in the world time trial, even though he's not a specialist for that. It was a great ride, third in the world championship junior. So Dave, I said, um, you know, he's got a really big engine. He didn't know how, whether he would actually slot into the to the uh, world tour scene. Knew he had the engine for it, but uh, he, he, he certainly done that. There's no doubt about that. Well, what's his progression going to look like? Do you think they're going to obviously tailor him to be more of a GC type contender or like opportunistic, you know, target stages and be potentially super domestique? Interesting. I don't know, actually. I don't know whether he's got uh, that complete package to be a GC rider. Uh, you'd have to look at all his data. Definitely going to be uh, for, for the one week races, Paris Nice and all those type of events, uh, even Dauphiné. You know, Switzerland, it's going to be very, you know, a rider you would think would target those very, very well. But it could be. He's only 24. Um, mm. Been around a while. He's been pro a while. Was, you know, three three years to be fourth year, I think. So, mm. um, but he, and he's just coming to on, into his own. I mean, you can see it, 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 in his confidence in the way he yeah. rides. That, that stage he won, stage seven, he owned that stage. He was... Up the road, first one up the road, they got caught. He was up the road again and started the break. And then he split the break. And then he went away at the end. So, you know, and quality uh, field. And uh, so very impressive. Mm. Yeah, he he just rode so, so smart. Like his confidence just seems to have come up a whole level. I mean, I've been keeping an eye on him, um, but I, I would never have said he would have been able to pull off either of those wins. Um, and he did it stealthily. Like last night, even Macca uh, said in the broadcast, you know, he, he just rode real smart, didn't do many turns when he didn't need to. He sat on when he needed to. And then he only, you know, went after the the attacks that he thought were, were the ones that he needed to make sure that he was with. Um, and same in, in, in stage seven. He just uh, was able to manage his effort unbelievably well with super classy bike riders, you know, like guys that have been doing it for a long, long time. So, 
yeah, he's uh, it's interesting. I don't think he'll be a big GC rider for the big tours, but I think you're right if you the week longs and even some of the longer classics where it's hard. Like he has got that time trial background um, a little bit, and he knows how to just um, go out and really hurt himself. So he's going to be great to watch over the next couple of years. That's for sure. Yeah, he looks well, super strong uh, coming in that uh, finale down the hill and on the flat bits towards the finish. He. Like, you know, when it got the, they were 20 seconds down, it was still four to K to go, and the three of them worked. I said, Whoa, you know, touch and go, but no, they no. didn't close one bit on him. He just got in there yeah. in his tuck position and as much as he could, and, and, and he went for it. The so wheel was a more yeah. insights. He says, Barday said at a training camp, Stora had numbers he hadn't seen in a young guy. Ooh. There you go. Mm. There you go. They love numbers. And, and, and the other the other thing the other thing it shows with teams when you're signing riders get in early. Like if you see something that numbers or they're winning these sort of other races, just back them in. Because the flip side is if they are a rider that performs on confidence, and we've talked about this even with CJ last night, mental state. If that takes the pressure off and you've got that support, they will ride out of their skin, and, and it will take you know take, maybe take them to another level. So you got to get in early. All of the data, it's in the data now, mate. Now right. I noticed yeah. we've got a new leader, and we haven't even mentioned the poor bugger, <laughs> which is which is odd. It's we haven't mentioned him, <laughs> and his name is odd. <laughs> odd Christian, odd Christian Viking, Viking yeah. the Viking. I love it. Viking the Viking. I, I, <laughs> and. Uh, He's our new uh, race leader in the red jersey. And he, he actually ran second in that uh, Arctic uh, race of Norway a few years about a month ago uh, by two seconds. And it was a really strange uh, final day. You know, Intermarche didn't – he could have gained the time back, but they just didn't put him in the position to do that. And I, one of Lanton Rouge's um, episodes was just dissecting that. It was the worst – Team tactics he's ever seen. <laughs> he gave that to, to poor old uh, to to, to uh, odd and his odd team. <laughs> but uh, so we've got him and uh, Guillaume uh, Martin have moved into first and second because they were in that break and got nearly twelve minutes. But uh, you wouldn't expect them, you know, a couple of days and then the first mountain stage. You reckon they'd be. Whoosh, Straight yeah. back uh, where they belong. Mm. <laughs> Odd was yeah. uh, like 2015 under 23 Norwegian road race champ. Interestingly, he went to FDJ in 2016 and 17 and they they flicked him. And then he went to, uh, as I like to call them, um, Group Gobby Now uh, um, <laughs> before it became uh, Intermarche. Yeah. So uh, interesting. Eh? And then he, he seems to have, it was a good ride. Like he hung tough. Jeez. You saw him come across that finish line. He was uh, nearly chewing the handlebar tape fair off the. Uh, off the bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Well, it's going to uh, going to be an interesting uh, back half of the Tour of Spain. Um, can you see anyone at this point toppling Roglic? I think it does it at least give the race a bit of ooh. Hang on, he's going to do that on the descent. It's not over yet. Yes, there John. is one person I believe who can beat Roglic. And that's Primoz Roglic. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, seriously, yes. he'll be the man. He'll bring himself unstuck or he'll win this because uh, I can't I can't see him cracking enough. And look, he's going to take two minutes out of any of those guys uh, in a 33K time trial. Um, Mass is the only danger, uh, but they would have to 
it's a shame Valverde is now now gone because with the three of them, they would have had a really good opportunity to try and work Roglic over. Uh, Lopez was going to have to, you know, really do some some strong. And the good thing having two riders close by, you know, they're, they're, they're only, you know, twenty five seconds and, and, and a minute down behind him, so he, he can't let either one of them go. So they'll have to do their old one two. Movistar is a very strong professional team. If they write really smart, they might be able to put him uh, under the hammer a bit. They haven't got a history of doing that in the last uh, couple of years, but it'll uh, be interesting. And I, I reckon Jack Hay can get onto the podium, but I don't think he can challenge uh, Primoz for the uh, for the top spot. I think only only Primoz can do that. Well, when you said there's only one rider, I was expecting you to go, mate, I can see bloody Michael Matthews making up 56 minutes <laughs> <laughs> I reckon he's up. <laughs> But what I, were you I, think, say, I think you have to go back an hour, hour and 50 minutes. Yeah. I, I, I just agree, Diffie. Um, interesting, Bahrain victorious. I don't know whether Mikel Lander was hurting that bad yesterday. I actually think he may have sat up um, and lost some more time so he can support Jack a bit better over the next couple of days. Could be could be wrong, could be way out the bus on that one. Um, Caruso, obviously, after his stage win, is riding really, really well. Um, and then Gino Maddow, who's like, uh, you know, he's only six minutes, 54 down. They've got a couple of strong guys in that team. Um, so hopefully we'll see Jack Hay get up onto the podium. Um, and I, I, I say this all the time, but I'd love to see Bahrain and Movie Star just cause a bit of a ruckus every time you go downhill, boys. Let's just gun it and see mm. if he can handle it. Because you're right, Ify, I think the only person that can beat Roglic right now is the Rob Dog himself. Um, and he's done it quite a number of times before. Yeah. Well, yeah. if anything, he's making it more interesting. Uh, yeah, got to give him that. And uh, as John Stevens says, he says, Ari Roglic tactics is in his DNA to have a go. There's no holding back in ski jumping. So <laughs> that's right. Yeah. If he... And obviously that was the case. I think after listening to a few people talking, he probably did notice that Bernal was a bit of trouble and he would be worried about Bernal because they know what he can do in the past. He did win the, uh, the, the Giro. So putting him out of business probably thought, well, it's one bloke gone. But uh, yeah, anyway, we'll see. Mm. Mm. He did um, struggle with, um, in that the Olympics down the hills and around the corners. Like if you watch that live, which made his ride at the Olympics so, 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 so more unbelievable than it really was is because he got passed by, um, I can't remember the Frenchie's name, but like the Frenchie would pass him on every downhill. And then he'd just power back past him and put another, you know, 40 or 50 seconds in. And then the next downhill technical bit, he'd get caught again. So he definitely has a little bit of an issue on the, the more technical descents. But um, uh, I don't disagree. He definitely also has a massive set of gangoolies hanging below him because he's going Cold in there pretty hot. Yeah, yeah. A uh, couple more comments. A couple more comments. Uh, Marilyn McVilly. Evening, hey, I'm been learning mum. so much from you all. Thank you so much. Uh, I don't know if you're learning much from me and Ify, but Hi, the Lanton Rouge <laughs> is probably giving you some good Hi, insight. Marilyn. Wendy Superman. We have two gold medals in the Paralympics. That's obviously underway. Uh, Paige Greco in her 3,000-meter individual pursuit and Emily Petricola in her 3,000 IP as well. So congratulations to those I watched them both this afternoon. It was fantastic. Yep. yep. Uh, no, Scooter's not commentating the Paralympics. That's a shame. Isn't he? That's no. a bugger. Yeah. 
Uh, Ryan Kavner says, Bernal could be very dangerous in the poorer weather in Galicia, like the stage of the Giro when there was no TV coverage. Hmm. I don't know. I think something it could be side effects from having COVID. I reckon there could be something yeah. in there, Johnny. It could be. It could be. We throw that into the ether. No one's come back and confirmed anything, but uh, I, I might. Uh, we might uh, throw the fishing rod out, see if we can get uh, Bert, Brett Lancaster on. Uh, over the next couple of days, he might have a little bit of inside information for us, mm. being a DS at, uh, and living in Spain. Uh, mm. Before we wrap things up, fellas, uh, obviously it was, a, it was a really good episode last night with CJ Sutton. And uh, as we've said, Vaughan, you do a lot of work with the Mental Wheels Foundation.org. Um, what were your takeaways? It was, was it pretty refreshing to hear, particularly CJ, being so open about his um, battles with things like depression and, and what effect he's trying to have on young riders now. Absolutely. It was a and uh, had a top chapeau to uh, both you blokes because that uh, episode last night was brilliant. Uh, I've actually rewatched it twice. <laughs> uh, that's how good it was. I thought um, he was being pretty vulnerable there too and, and opening up um, about uh, his own mental health, which is one of the hardest things. Um, uh, but also just listening to yourself, um, having someone to talk to, um, and then going on how your body feels. I think if um, to try and make that connection to cycling and and I probably made it a little bit earlier, is like everyone's so into the data and heart rate and, and all that sort of stuff when, you know, some of the best coaches going around, I'm hearing him talking about their perceived rates of exertion and putting the old computer in the back pocket and just uh, trying uh, training to see to how hard you're hurting. Um, you know, from a mental toughness point of view, it's the same thing. Um, and then being able to um, know that you're actually going hard and need to stop and have a rest um, and, and try and do something differently uh, um, to to make yourself, you know, I guess feel a little bit better, but also um, be able to navigate through your days. At the moment, we're, um, we're in lockdown all over Australia at the moment. And, um, you know, from a mental toughness point of view, it can be really, really hard. And especially men, they try to, you know, battle through on their own uh, when right now is a good time to be reaching out and coming up with new tips, tricks and hints and hacks on how to map yourself around through your day and keeping your mental health strong. Yeah, for sure. I thought that was a good point you made as well, If he when that young guy came into the bike shop and, uh, yeah. you know, he was sort of feeling on edge about doing another 130 Ks and you called it. So I think it's also, I think that's a, an important thing is calling things out as well. Like if you see someone struggling or you, you can read a situation, just calling it out and getting on the front foot like you did, John. So there's a compliment to you. Store that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take back the thing I was about to say about you, so I'll take it back. <laughs> <laughs> but but what are some of the things I want to ask you before we go is what are some of the things that the Mental Wheels Foundation, if you go to the website, I mean, can this yep. also channel people into the right direction? Because it's one thing to give out you know, tips and insights and all this sort of stuff. But there are some people that actually need to go and be steered in the right direction for professional support. That's a great question, uh, Dan. Like the, most of our money goes to mindspot.org um, and it's a free online uh, mental health therapies um, uh, website. Um, there's people there answering questions. You can, you'll can you get a phone call. You can fill in a questionnaire and you can do it right now. Um, it's, you can be completely anonymous. In fact, one of the head professors there, Professor Blake, uh, is an amazing guy and he once said to me, he goes, one of the most... Um, uh, regular names they get uh, is, you know, um, uh, 
something like John Howard was one of the names, you know, that they get where so you can be completely anonymous and, and fill out a questionnaire and it will give you some feedback on where you're at actually with your own mental health. And if you're at a level where you need help, you'll get a phone call. Someone will call call you. Um, of course, there's also um, Beyond Blue and those sorts of things. Um, but the, what the Mental Wills Foundation do is we raise money um, to then go into those types of um, uh, organisations. Uh, we also funded one of the first ever trials, which was a thing called, uh, um, which was basically a clinical trial called The Things We Do. Um, and we analysed, it was the first ever trial that was male specific around um, the things that we do that affect our mental health and our and depression and those sorts of things. The first ever in the world, it was only happened about two or three years ago, which is mind numbing when you think about it. But the findings from that immediately changed the way that people deal with, um, even when we answer the, the answer the phone at Mindspot or at a, um, a Beyond Blue, whether it's a male or female, on, on the language that we use and how to, how to deal with people who are going through a bit of a tougher time. Um, the, the other two things that we do, which are really quite exciting and um, uh, and fantastic is we ha we run two scholarships, one scholarship for sport, one scholarship for music, um, two of the areas that um, mental health and depression are actually very, very high in. Um, and we run that for a 16 to 22-year-old person that's had a life, um, uh, had a situation within their life that's caused them some some depression but have a super talent. So we, we're coupled with the AIS on that one. Um, and so we run scholarships as well. So um, it's a fantastic organisation. Uh, as I said, it was founded by um, Gareth Pike and Clinton Hill. Clinton Hill's a silver medalist um, Olympic runner um, and a legend of a man. And Gareth Pike uh, was uh, uh, is in the coffee industry and is also an amazing guy. And so they, we do a lot of things that uh, um, continually just trying to raise money uh, for mental health in Australia. Well, it's great stuff and great work you're doing. And as we said, check it out, mentalwheelsfoundation.org. Uh, and we'll no doubt be checking in again uh, throughout the Rest of the Vuelta, mate. And um, as we said, if anyone is struggling, you know, get the support. Uh, get on there and and reach out and and don't store it. You know, don't don't sit in isolation. You know, take the right steps because, geez, we've got to what fifty three minutes and we haven't mentioned COVID. So that's a uh, that's a result if you because yeah. normally we spend the first five minutes talking about the or, bloody or, lockdowns or Bay Classic. Oh, ah. <laughs> I thought we were going to go through a whole show without mentioning. But anyway. hey, can I can I mention the Bay Classic? Yeah. I remember quickly, years and years quickly. ago, Ify, you said um, that you might end up putting in a uh, cycle cross uh, uh, race on one of the days, yeah. and it was going to go through a park, and we we're going to set up a tent, and the tent was going to be square, but the the cycle cross race was going to go straight through the middle, and it was going to be a beer tent. Like, when, when's that when's that race coming back, yeah. mate? I've got heaps yeah. of cycle cross mates who are just yeah. champing at the bit. Well, we, we, we almost got it uh, happening a couple of years ago. And then we, we even took it a step further. We're going to have it down when we used to race at Port Arlington. And we we're going to go using the steps down, uh, uh, down to the pier from, from the race because they would have had to run up the steps uh, as well as go through the tent. But anyway, it never happened. It's too hard. <laughs> well, too hard. who knows, John? Maybe in a couple of years' time when the smoke clears. Yeah. We'll be yep. back. Yep. One last little thing that I just want to quickly mention. I'm wearing the Hobart Football Club hat, uh, and uh, I need to give a big shout-out to uh, Banger, Justin uh, Harvey. He's playing 350 games on the weekend. Um, and uh, you're probably thinking, why are we talking about football? But my old man, when he got down to Tassie, he ended up being the head trainer for the Hobart Footy Club. Uh, with um, And, uh, and yeah, Harvey is a, an absolute legend. So good on you, Banger, for 350 games. 
Good on you, banger. Great stuff. (laughs) Well, as we say, thanks again for all your support, guys. Make sure you like, share, subscribe, youtube.com forward slash the Detour podcast. Thanks for your input, Vaughn, and all the work you're doing for the Detour kit. And remember to get involved with that. And uh, thanks again to the Lanton Rouge for joining the show as well. Some great insights. And we'll be back again uh, at 6.30 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. And uh, we'll see you then. Final predictions for the stage, lads, before we go. Ify? Bling. Vaughn? Bling. <laughs> All right, that's three blings because I don't know any other bloody rider that's up for it. All right, see you tomorrow. This is the winning ride of the Tour de France. Benjamin.